Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we're going to do something that we've been meaning to do since the beginning of this podcast. Uh, You know, when we first started this podcast, we talked about how we can use it to kind of clarify some of the myths and misconceptions surrounding seafood, of which there are many, many, (laughs) many. And that's kind of something that we do a lot at GAA. We try to kind of do some myth busting and get people more comfortable with the ideas of seafood, particularly farm seafood. And so one thing that we did last year was Justin, Maddie, and myself went out on the town. We went to downtown Portsmouth, which is where our office is. And Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Yeah, and we walked around the streets and stopped people and kind of threw a camera in their face and asked them some questions. We did four trivia questions, true or false. Uh, we wanted to see how much people knew when it came to the truth about seafood. Uh, And I think it was probably one of the most fun days we've had at work. It was really fun, except the one thing that I will forever stick in my memory is that it was so hot out that day. I think it was almost 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was like 99 degrees. The real feel was three digits for sure. Yeah, wasn't it like 102 or something crazy like that? Yeah, and and I was really sick. Yes, I think that's like 45 degrees maybe. If you watch the video you'll hear my voice and i was like i had a really nasty cold i was so sick so i'm like you can't understand anything i'm saying but um yeah you can't push through yeah i guess you can understand it but i i had a very nasally sick sounding voice but it worked but i think what we want to do is kind of go through some of these because these are some of the big misconceptions surrounding aquaculture and these are the questions that we asked and i i want to share a little bit maybe some clips from this video so you guys can hear some of the responses that we got And then if you want to watch the full video, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's right on our YouTube page and you can go watch that. Give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel there so you don't miss anything else that we put out in the near or distant future. You know, this was a lot of fun to make this video and we should go back and work on some misconceptions around the fisheries sector. Yeah, definitely. See if people can answer some more of the questions correctly to kind of see where... I mean, Portsmouth is a coastal town, so we were surprised at the responses, you know, because we... I think we were under the impression that more people knew more specifically about aquaculture than they actually did, but... <laughs> Either way, this is our... What? This is the second time we did this? Uh, I think this so, was yeah. the would... first time Sean and I did it, but you yeah. did it the year before with Devin, our boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wish we could get out there again this summer and do it, but, you know, because we're all stuck at home and we're not going into the office, we don't really have the ability to do that. Plus, I don't know how many people there would be for us to stop <laughs> since Probably nothing's open. Probably not many. And the audio so, quality with masks wouldn't be that great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Was that a true? <laughs> so uh, we want to do more of this in the future. We want to get more interaction and get talking to people out there. So let's get into it. I'm just going to play a, a little bit of the video so you guys can hear the first question that we asked and some of the responses. And then maybe we can chat about it a little bit and then we'll give you the answer if it's true or false. Like Justin said, we want to do this about wild caught fisheries too. We happen to do this video on 
aquaculture as it was part of our aquaculture 101 series. So that's why this is completely surrounding aquaculture, but we would like to do this again in the future using questions about wild caught. So here's question number one. The first true or false statement we asked was wild caught salmon and farmed salmon both have the same amount of omega-3 fatty acids. Let's see how they did. False. I think they're fed differently and they would eat different foods and have a different diet. I'm gonna go with false in that one. I would say true, hey. but I don't know why. <laughs> false. False, because my girlfriend's a nutrition lady. Maddie, didn't you know one of the guys that we ran into? Yeah, my friend Sean from high school. He's the one that said his uh, wife is a nutrition lady? Yes. By nutrition lady, he means what, like a dietitian? So at the time, his girlfriend was in a master's program to get her master's in nutrition. And she has since finished and now she has a master's in nutrition, which is great. But Sean was wrong on this one. Not me. Other Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Other Sean. <laughs> okay, let's hear the answer. That one's true. Both have been shown to produce similar amounts of omega-3 fatty acids. All right, I guess she should have. Uh, he should have talked to her more about about this kind of stuff. So, Maddie, I thought you were going to mention that he no longer is dating this woman because she watched this video and was was angry <laughs> at him. Because when you said at the time, the I was like, "Oh, is it? And are they not together anymore?" <laughs> oh no, they're definitely still together. <laughs> well, <good. laughs> that would Hopefully, be she brushed him up on uh, that topic. Yeah. So yeah. That was our first question. Both farmed, raised, and wild-caught salmon have shown to have the same amount of omega-3 fatty acids. Because it's all about diet, and it's all about what the fish what are fed. Eat. And in an aquaculture scenario on a fish farm, you can completely control what the fish are eating. So it's actually like you can tailor their diet specifically to what they need and what will give them the most nutrition and just the best diet for them. Yeah. And if you're a regular listener or subscriber, you, you've heard us talk a lot about feeds. That's mm -hmm. something that comes up time and time again. So, you know, we all know how important feed is and how advanced the feed technology and formulas have come. So I guess it's not too surprising that a lot of people didn't know the answer to that question. But it was surprising though, that the detail of some of those responses. I mean, I think the I first or second person that responded talked specifically about the feed. Yeah. So making that connection That's impressive, at least. was impressive. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that four years ago if you asked me that question. Smart people in Portsmouth. <laughs> All right, let's go. Question two. The next statement was, fish farming is bad for the environment. That's true. I feel like, like they're giving different things than they might get in the environment, so. True. I'm gonna go with true. For the environment, I, I'm sure it depends on the conditions in which they're raised. Uh, so I'll say false with some caveats. False. True. So we had some mixed responses on this one. What do you guys think? What's your What's your gut telling you? Uh, well, one, our listeners can't see the faces of how these people responded. They that you can by clicking the link in the in the uh, show notes. But my first take is they were all shots in the dark. I don't think anyone yes. had a, had a knew the answer on that one. Yeah, I don't think Except anyone is for really... the guy who said that it could go either way. It depends on what kind of environment they were raised in. That that was pretty on point. That was a great response, and I think it's a very diplomatic response. But he did a good job. <laughs> and we and, and because he's right, right? Totally. We, we should we should probably add too that. 
because the weather was so extreme that day that we found ourselves, the only people walking around tended to be the uh, younger generation that were really brave in this extreme heat. And, you know, I'm no, what is it, spring chicken? <laughs> I'm no spring chicken. But, You're a spring uh, chicken. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm creeping up there, but that heat was really getting to me. So it was even kids that were younger than me that could really uh, tough it out. And they wanted to like be a, on. You're more like a middle-aged rooster. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Maybe a fall chicken. A fall. A, a, a fall I'm a seasoned hen. chicken. <laughs> okay, well, here's here's the answer. False. Believe it or not, farming fish actually produces less greenhouse gas emissions than farming land animals. That's right. Yeah, let's get into the third question. Third statement. Less than half of the world's seafood is wild caught. False. False. I'm going to go with true false. True. Less than half of the world's seafood is wild caught. I feel like, did we make that a trick question? We no, but you really have to think about it. It's it's almost like a double negative. It's free is kind of oddly. Yeah, I think they had to think about this a lot. If You, you can see on their faces that they were thinking pretty hard. And I think if, if I didn't work in this industry, if someone asked me that, I would probably say that that's false because I would think that the most of the fish that you get is wild caught because when it is wild caught, that's like advertised a lot, right? Like that's the marketing is that's like fresh straight from the ocean catch mm-hmm. of the day. You know, you're not going to say like harvest of the week for farmed seafood. <laughs> well, and I, we didn't, no one that we interviewed knew who we worked for. We kept all of that secret because that would have been a little misleading and maybe would have helped guide people to their responses. But if I didn't know the answer and you asked me that, given how tricky it was, I would assume that you were doing that on purpose. And I just, without knowing the answer, I would have just said true. Hmm. And was was I right, if that's what we did? Let's find out. True. According to the World Bank, around 52% of the world's seafood is farmed. And in the next 10 years, that number is going to continue to increase. Yes, Justin, you you were right. All right, number four. Statement number four. You should avoid farmed seafood from other countries. I'm going to go with true. Probably. Probably depends on the country. True. I would say that's true. Probably depends where. True. That's true, because I feel like the regulations are different in each country. True, because I guess you don't really know where it's coming from, so better safe than sorry. Okay, I think general consensus was that farmed seafood from other countries is not safe because it's not from America and people are afraid of other countries. <laughs> that's not what they There's said. There's a lot but of I nuance think, to that. <laughs> yeah, that's not what they, they said. No, I think a lot of people said that they, they wouldn't trust it because they don't fully know where it's coming from. And that's something that we talk about all the time is you people want to know where their seafood comes from. And I think there is this, in America, there, there's a, a sense of pride and untrustworthiness towards anything from other countries. Which is very interesting because so much of the seafood in our country is from other countries. <laughs> and I think a lot of these people, and not just the people in the video, but just Americans as a whole, they probably don't even realize that a lot of the seafood that they're eating is from other countries. Yeah, this would have been a good question to record the response after we told yeah. them what the correct answer was to see if a light bulb kind of went on. And they, uh, because I do believe when we asked that 
answered that question, they wanted to know more. Like, oh, really? And so that was our teachable moment to try to get people to jump off that kind of negative train on seafood that's not from America. Well, here's the official answer. False. Any seafood that's imported to the U.S. needs to meet strict FDA requirements, and many of them require third-party certification. Can you hear that I have a cold still? (laughs) It it didn't go away in an hour. No. Those are the questions that we asked, and I mean, it was super fun. We got to use the drone. Which yeah, is really you guys fun. should should go watch the video. If we haven't already convinced you, you should watch because this was the was it the first time that you were using your drone camera, Justin? No, second, uh, like second or third, I think. Second well, time, I think. yeah, anyway, and we were flying the it over the really uh, impressive. We were flying it over the river, so we. Sean, do you want to talk about? We named the drone the when we register it with the Federal Aviation yeah, you Administration have to give or whatever it is. You have to select a name. And uh, we selected the Comorant. Comorant, yeah. We uh, we anticipate, and you know, we haven't been able to get out and do much filming lately. But we anticipate when we're able to do more filming, we'll be filming at a lot of aquaculture farms, and uh, it'll be this crazy, annoying, buzzing thing up in the sky. Mm-hmm. So we figured, what is another annoying thing up in the sky for fish farmers? Cormorants who like to try and eat their fish. So we named it the Cormorant. Yeah. <laughs> Except um, our dr- our device will not eat your fish, but it will certainly annoy your farmers. It will capture your fish <laughs> on film. Ooh, good one. Not Ooh. bad, huh? Not bad. So I think a lot of the people that we talked to in Portsmouth last year were genu- genuinely interested in some of the stuff that we were talking about. They were very humble. They didn't argue with us. And so, you know, I think there are a lot of teachable moments uh, if we can get the exposure to people and get people to actually hear the truth. But what did you guys think? Do you, I mean, should we do more of that? Do you enjoy watching those videos? Let us know what you think. And we certainly enjoyed making it. So we're going to try and continue to do more of those if we can. But, you know, what are some other topics that you want to see us go out on the streets and, and quiz people about? Send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. And if you're in the industry, we made these videos as a tool for not only consumers to learn more, but for people in the industry to share with people that might be suspicious or not even suspicious, but just like curious and questioning of farmed seafood and seafood as a whole. So this is a resource for you to use and spread the word. Yeah, there's so much fear mongering and misinformation that we could try to make this podcast all about myth busting and clearing up factor fiction, but there's just there's too many opinions and there's too many misconceptions that I think it would get old very quick if we tried to tackle those all at once. So And the majority of our listeners are in the industry and know you know that yeah. information already. Yeah, for sure. So that was just something fun we wanted to revisit and make sure everyone knew that we're we have things like this. We have videos, informative videos like this, and they're fun and they're enjoyable to watch. And you know, we're doing what we can to spread the word and educate about sustainable seafood. So check it out. Make sure you watch the video and then while you're on our YouTube channel, make sure you check out all of the other fun videos that we have there because they're a lot of fun and you can learn a lot. Well, yeah, there's a campaign. whole there's ahead, a whole Maddie. playlist dedicated just to aquaculture 101 videos. So you can just click that playlist and your mind will grow 10 sizes. Yep. And share it with anyone that you think uh, could use a little knowledge dropped on them. 
when it comes to aquaculture. So, Maddie, I'm going to hand it over to you for the second half of this episode because we're doing another blog post about a UN sustainability goal, and that is your baby. So go for it. Yes, we sure are. So as you probably know, if you're a loyal listener and you've heard our past episodes every month, this is actually also a part of the Aquaculture 101 campaign that we that we do. And this month, well, in 2019, we focused on the basics of aquaculture and just like the very common questions about it, like what's the environmental impact of aquaculture and is farmed seafood safe to eat? So like very basic things like that. So now that we've covered the basics, in 2020, we are each month covering a UN sustainability goal and how aquaculture already does align or how it could align to it and help support and help accomplish that goal. This month, it is all about sustainable development goal number 14, which is probably the most relevant and the most like outwardly linked to aquaculture because it's all about life below water. And this goal is very focused on pollution and fishing and economic development and how we can improve how we treat the oceans and marine resources because we really do rely on them for so much. Like so much of everything that we use in the world comes back to the ocean, whether that be water, food, energy, medicines come from the ocean, biofuels come from the ocean. Like there's just so much that's linked to it. And if we, we meaning humans, if we continue to unknowingly or maybe knowingly damage it through pollution and unsustainable fishing and unsustainable aquaculture practices, then we're not setting ourselves up for a very successful future. So that's what this goal is all about. And if you want to learn more about it, we will have this blog post linked and we also have an infographic about it, which has some fun little facts and graphics that you can check out. But the crux of this article is saying that a lot of the targets for reaching this goal are things that aquaculture really does help with. So one of the targets is supporting small-scale fisheries and aquaculture, and that's so much of what we try to do here at GAA is create educational assets and tools for those small-scale farmers so that they can make it and that they can create a livelihood for themselves. And another one is increasing the economic benefits from sustainable use of marine resources, so essentially helping these people in rural areas. And I don't like using the term less developed because I think it's a little problematic, but for lack of a better term, less developed areas, because aquaculture in the past has been proven to be such a great attainable livelihood for a lot of people in rural areas because it can be practiced pretty much anywhere. If you're on the coast or out in a net pen or even it can be done on land. So in ponds too, there's there's so many options. So if you want to learn more about this, we'll have the blog post linked. There's a lot of great information and pretty pictures in it. And if you share if you want to share about it on social media, use the hashtag aquaculture one oh one. Uh Maddie, how in depth do they get with all of the topics surrounding each one of these goals? They are so in depth. So these blog posts really only scratch the surface because there are just hundreds of pages of documents about each of the 17 goals. And we could really do a deep dive, but I don't know how many people are going to want to read like a 
blog post that will take them an hour to get through. <laughs> so we try to keep right. it short enough, but like poignant enough that it's going to stick with you and you'll remember what you learned from it. Do you know if with this topic they talk about microplastics and the marine food chain? Does that ring any bells they to you? don't. At least not nothing in the documents that I found about it. But this is becoming an increasingly more important issue because it's becoming so much more prevalent. Maybe we should do an episode about this. So I got an email from a friend of mine, Jacob Holdsman, and he was a buddy from, from college. We all called him Sloop. What up, Sloop? Uh, and he's asking about uh, microplastics and their effect on the food chain. He's got some pretty specific questions. I won't read it now because I want to do a little bit of research to make sure we get some good answers for him. But I think uh, maybe in one of the next upcoming episodes, we'll do a little bit of research and either answer this question or, like you said, do a whole episode on this topic. So these goals were created by the UN in 2015. And even just five years ago, I would say that, I mean, people knew about the issue of microplastics, but it definitely was not as much of an issue as it is today. So when they originally made the goals, it probably wasn't a big enough issue to include in this. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. So that's it. Short episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. I hope you go watch the video and watch all of our other videos. Smash the like button on all of those videos that you watch and make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube as well as wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, if you're on social, follow us there at AquademiaPod. If you'd like to give us some suggestions on topics or any ideas, you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. If you want to learn more about the show or about GAA, then you can visit our website, aquaculturealliance.org slash education. That's right. So thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>